It is Friday, May 5th, 2023, and welcome to episode 216 of Fault Lines, the National Security Institute's podcast that gets you quickly up to speed three times a week on the national security and foreign policy debates shaking up America. I'm Jessica Jones, NSI Deputy Executive Director, and today I'm joined by Morgan Vigna, NSI Fellow and Kind Soul, who has joined us all week. Thank you so much. And our usual Les Munson. A little less exciting intro for you, Les. Uh, what are we <laughs> what are we talking about today? What would a week be here if we didn't talk about Russia just a little bit? Earlier this week, a pair of explosions went off above the Kremlin. Russia labeled the incident a terrorist attack and said it had intercepted two drones. Russia accused Ukraine of trying to assassinate President Vladimir Putin, though Putin was not in the Kremlin at the time of the explosions. Uh, Ukraine has denied any involvement. Uh, then yesterday, Russia blamed the U.S. for the attack on the Kremlin, accusing Washington of, quote, direct involvement in the war in Ukraine. The Kremlin's spokesman alleged without any evidence that the U.S. dictated Ukrainian strikes inside Russia, a charge the U.S. has denied. In fact, John Kirby, a White House spokesman, said um, as he referred to Ukrainian officials, quote, we've been clear with them publicly and we've been clear with them privately that we do not encourage nor do we enable them to strike outside Russia. He added, I can assure you that there is no involvement by the U.S. in this. U.S. officials are still attempting to determine precisely what happened and who might have been responsible for the attack. A Kremlin spokesman promised, quote, a balanced response and dismissed suggestions from Ukraine that Putin's domestic opponents were behind the incident. Uh, regardless of who the drones belonged to, um, the Kremlin made the unusual and deliberate choice to publicize the incident and Putin's press service issued a rare five paragraph statement. So to kick it off, you know, regardless of who was responsible, you know, or, you know, do we think the explosions at the Kremlin can serve as a pretext for Putin to escalate the war? You know, since the beginning of the conflict, we hear a lot of talk about nuclear escalation and that, you know, it's clearly on the minds, I'm sure, of the Europeans, the Ukrainians and, and you know, the U.S. less. Uh, thanks, Jones. Um, so I think it's interesting episode, I don't think anyone believes that the Ukrainians did this. And, and we should say that, you know, we don't know exactly what happened. We don't know what the cause was. But it really seems highly unlikely that it was the Ukrainians who were trying to do this. Unclear how they would do it. Unclear why they would do it. It was utterly ineffective. And boy, it sure seemed like a bit of a setup. The video was really good. Uh, no one died. I was in the middle of the night. Uh, the, all of the asserted facts come from Moscow. Uh, but I have to say, if this was a false flag operation by Putin, it was lousy. Nobody believes it. No one's no one's buying in. Um, he's he's first blaming Ukraine, then blaming the United States. None of this is really plausible. It does seem to to me, at least, to raise the the likelihood that it was domestic opponents of Putin, and that in fact his stature inside the Russian apparatus might be a lot weaker than we imagine, and there could be folks or even more hardline than him, who are really dissatisfied with his performance so far and the way Russia has basically been losing this war, uh, that they're looking to undermine him in the eyes of the world and even perhaps more importantly, in the eyes of other Russians. I mean, do you think that precarious position, though, does that make this situation a little more dangerous? I mean, does that worry you? Well, you know, there's a war on and people are dying every day. The whole thing is worrisome. Uh, is this is this added worry? I'm not sure if it is or it isn't. I think it does show the the very weak hand that Russia has. We here in the United States tend to overestimate how powerful the Russians are, whether they're organized as the Soviet Union or organized as Russia. We tend to see see them as this this big ogre that oh gosh they're big and scary. And then the reality turns out to be much different. Recall the episode. Um, you guys are too young, but 
uh, 37 years ago, this German named Matthias Rust flew a Cessna airplane all the way from, from Germany and landed it on the, in the Kremlin grounds. And the, the, the Soviet Union was, had no idea that he was flying in there. Uh, so, so like there's, there are these like weird echoes in, in history of this episode and it, none of it makes the Russians look very good. Morgan, what's your take? Yeah. So I think perhaps the biggest concern that the Biden administration has had throughout this entire war is, is escalation, particularly with the use of nuclear weapons, which Putin has actually threatened he will use. You know, this is precisely why the United States hasn't given Ukraine the weapons, you know, to Ukraine to be used against Russia inside Russia. Now, whether you agree with this decision or not, it really speaks to the Biden administration's fear that Putin will really take any chance he gets to, you know, go down the road of no return, right? You know, at the same time, though, what do I make of, you know, the actual act of, you know, drone, a drone attack against the Kremlin? As Les noted, this was an attack in the middle of the night. There were no casualties. This is a, it's still pretty hard to cover up. Right. Um, so I, I do think that it is interesting that Russia you know, publicized this event to the extent that they did. Um, you know, Russia does have an air defense system around the Kremlin. You know, was it working or not or was it not put to good use? Uh, who knows? Right. Um, you know, this could lead some to wonder, indeed, if this is a false flag operation, although, you know, a costly and rather embarrassing one at that. Um, as Wes mentioned, there's only been one other incident um, in which uh, the Kremlin has been under threat from the air. And that was, you know, when you know, the Cessna landed on Red Square. But you know, regardless of, you know, whatever point Putin was trying to make, this is, incident was rather embarrassing for, for him and for, for Moscow. So, yeah, why do you guys think he's publicizing it then, right? I mean, regardless of who is responsible, I mean, do we th- does, is the calculation, does Putin think this is going to raise morale in Russia? I mean, it seems like you're, we're taking the opposite take. So what's the motivation there? I wonder if it's something that, the, you know, the Kremlin doesn't really control. They have now have something they have to explain. So they're going to lash out at the Ukrainians and the Americans to try to galvanize Russian, you know, the com- kind of common man Russian opinion against the West and against Ukraine. They're trying to make uh, lemonade out of lemons here. That, that's my suspicion. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I have no interest in trying to get into the mind of Vladimir Putin. It's pretty dark place. <laughs> um, but not I mean, right Friday now, morning. <laughs> not so much. Not so much. Um, I mean, right now, though, I think what we really need to be focusing on is that, you know, Zelensky is ramping up for a spring offensive. You know, these past few days, you know, we have seen Ukraine target fuel storage and supply lines inside Russia. Um, given Russia's already incredibly dismal performance um, when it comes to in its logistic capabilities, um, I, I think the goal here for Ukrainians, and we should support them and to whatever extent we can, but really helping them uh, ramp up for this offensive and really dislodge the, the Russian military from, from, from Ukrainian territory. And, you know, we, you know, the Kremlin released, you know, um, the claim that this was an assassination attempt on Putin. I mean, does that worry us? That's a pretty heavy term to be using. I mean, should President Zelensky and his security team be worried is, you know, what's next? Less. Well, uh, Russia's been trying to kill Zelensky for 14 months and they failed. Uh, they, they went, they went in heavy back in the beginning of the invasion last year when Russian, um, kind of military assets were a lot more robust than they are now. So does, does Zelensky really have to worry? I'm not sure he does. He's on a tour of Europe right now, uh, talking to Western leaders and kind of encouraging more support. Uh, he seems to be, 
in a pretty good position to me. I'm not sure Russia could even mount a legitimate assassination attempt if it wanted to. Russia's already responded with a barrage of attacks against Kiev and Odessa. You know, the drones that hit Kiev literally said, you know, for Russia written on them. <laughs> so I don't think that there's any mistake about, you know, the reason for, for those attacks. Um, but I also do think that these latest attacks by Russia, you know, demonstrate that Ukraine is still in desperate need for improved air and missile defense, um, in addition to what we have already sent them. You know, thanks to sort of the intelligence links last month, which, you know, I think, you know, Fault Lines rightly uh, did an episode on. An episode, um, Morgan, I think there was like four. Yeah, less is, I'm surprised Les hasn't turned this into an episode. Heads will roll. Heads will roll. Heads will roll. <laughs> right? But I mean, it, it became clear that, you know, this air defense was a real vulnerability for the Ukrainians. Um, and to the extent that, the, you know, the United States can deliver Ukrainians air defense faster needs to happen. I mean, we can talk about, you know, the all the complications with the FMS process, but I feel like that's, you know, another four episodes of Fault Lines. <laughs> See, unless you still got in the leaks, don't worry. Even when we start with the Kremlin, we'll get to the leaks. Uh, with that, that's a wrap. Thanks to Brooke Agacon from NSI and Claude Jennings for their help producing today's episode. Join us again on Monday for another episode of Fault Lines, the podcast that gets you smart fast on the national security debates shaking up America. Fault Lines is also now up on YouTube, so check out our page. And if you like what you heard, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.